Glory, glory, what a hell of a way to fly. Glory, glory, what a hell of a way to fly. Glory, glory, what a hell of a way to fly. The hawk will never die. Welcome, welcome back to Hawk Hill Focus. Week six in the books. Uh, it is me, David Powers, showrunner of Hawk Hill Focus. Uh, joined by my lovely co-hosts. We're actually all here. It's been a, it's the first time I think in a while. Um, or no, were we together last week? We were together Probably last week. Episode. Oh yeah, yeah, but only for half, yeah, only for half the week. Um, so it just fault. feels like we haven't seen a lot of each other. Um, obviously you've already heard them now. Uh, Commissioner Kyle Brandis, how are you? I'm doing fantastic this week, David. How are you? I'm, I'm, I'm doing really well. Thank you for asking. And uh, Sam Robinson, how are you, Deputy Commissioner? I'm on cloud nine after last <laughs> night's game. I am on absolute cloud nine. A big uh, 64 point performance gets us a win this week. It feels nice to be back in that column. It was a sweet, sweet victory. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that you two had a good, had a good, uh, a good week. I not so much. We'll get into all of the cow. Did you have your hand up? I did just okay. for fun. Do you, are you, no. do you want to be called on? No, I just had oh. it up for fun. Oh, okay. Stretching. Okay, thank you. Um, you confuse people watching the live stream. Yeah, yeah exactly. <clears throat> um, so, if if nobody has any has any housekeeping to do before we get into the recaps, I think we should just get right into it. Yeah. Um. Good. Let's. Where do Where do we want to start? Let's start with. Let's start with Sam. Sam. I was gonna say, why don't we do? Sam? Yeah, I mean, it was the it was the closest matchup we've we've had, I think, all year. It was. Um, I, 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 I did fact check this this morning. Yeah, it was so, the closest match we've had. So let's start there. Sam defeats uh, the All-American Bud Eaters and Jim Elliott by a final score of I don't remember. Uh, Kyle, do you have that? I do. I in front of me here. Sam, report the good news to the people. The Sandemic's Delta variant won by a final score of 64.92. To nice. 64.02. Way to light Ladies the world on fire, guys. Nice. For those who didn't watch the Monday Night Football game, I'm just going to get into this and kind of summarize the, the key points here. I guess I was down by two points, right? Heading into, like, where we're... Was it... I guess we were in overtime? Yeah, we were in overtime already. I was down by two points in overtime. I am hoping... You know, nobody's moving the ball. We all, if you watch the game, it was a field goal punting festival. Special teams were out the wazoo. Unfortunately, being the Chargers defense and special teams owner, you don't get a field goal points. You just get all the other stuff, which did come into play when the Los Angeles Chargers punted the ball. And I was thinking, all right, Russ is going to get one more shot at the end zone. You know, get me my two points that I need. Or maybe he throws 50 yards, I believe, as two, two fantasy points in our scoring system. I was like, there's, there's hope, there's a chance I can score. And there was a fumble. The Broncos fumbled the ball in the punt. The Chargers recovered it. Me, forgetting that I had the Chargers defense and special teams, was like, oh, my goodness. I can't believe that happened. Like, Russ isn't getting the ball. Now I have to hope that Mike Williams gets a touchdown because they're going to have this great field position. I got two points for the fumble recovery, baby. <laughs> I am tied with Jim. And Mike Williams needed one measly yard. If not, we we're going to have... The most wild tie, tie in SJU FFL history. I'm sitting there. I'm watching. And lo and behold, ladies and gentlemen, there is a fantasy football god 
and that god has the Delta variant. <laughs> we got our point nine points, and we won. We took wow. down the maybe wagon tiered Jim and his all American buddies for a sweet, sweet victory. And the reason that I love fantasy football to this day. Wow. Yeah, the uh, Hotel Focus group chat was it was active last night and Sam <laughs> Sam was lighting it ablaze. I should have put it in the Discord. That's where we should have had that happen. Eh, there's always next time. But uh yeah, Sam, you're I mean, all things considered, you won, so congratulations. But your team still didn't do great. You put up six. Oh, yeah, no, no. Points. no, not by any standard. Sam would have lost to every late. other team this week. Yeah, Sam. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. He's the epitome of luck this week. I, I, I think it's a makeup call from some earlier unlucky weeks. So I'll, I think we're, you know, we're, we're breaking even here. Yeah, across the board, I had three total players on my team that scored double-digit points. One of them was on my bench in Najee Harris. I had, let's see, one, two, three players go under five points. Yeah, it wasn't pretty. But you know what? Got the job done. Mr. Unlimited was unlimited enough to put up 15.82 points. That might be his second highest to- to- total points uh, in a week all season. Back checking that now. Sorry, third highest. Week one, he had 19.8. Mm. Um, then he had 30 against the Raiders. So, yeah, no, still, you know, a little bit doom and gloom in the Sandemics Delta variant. But it's not about how many points you score. It's about the win and loss column at the end of the day, unless we talk about tiebreakers. So for now, we celebrate, and we hope to be a little bit better next week. And Jim, your team was really bad because my team was awful and you lost to me. My yeah, only... You... Sorry, sorry, Kyle, go ahead. I was just going to say, you could say that Jim's team was 0.9 points bet worse than Sam's. Exactly. We know exactly how much worse his team was than Sam's. Um, My only real... Takeaway here is because Sam, you already talked about your own team, and it's not worth talking about more. Um, this might—I mean, I'm sure I can easily fact check this, but I don't feel like it. This feels like the first week that Jim didn't start two tight ends, and had he started two tight ends, he would have won. Which I think is hilarious, considering the fact that he's addicted to starting two tight ends, and he rosters three. So yeah. had he started Irv Smith in his flex, which he could have done, as opposed to Devin Duvernay, he would have won and won, I mean, comparatively, handily, he would have won by five points. This was the first week since week one that yeah. he did not start two see, tight ends. See, that, that's on, I think that's on us as a podcast. I think... No, I we're think, not a vice podcast. I, I never said that we were, but I, we can't control what, you know, look, we have, we have the platform. You know, so we need to be care. I think we need to be careful moving forward, boys, that we don't influence um, growing wagons to uh, make mistakes. Because Sam, you and I especially suck at fantasy football. You said it, not me. We do. <laughs> wow, good job, Sam. I'm you know who doesn't suck at fantasy football? Anchor. No, we're not there yet. Oh, sorry. <laughs> My bad. No, Kyle. Oh, thanks, guys. I appreciate you don't suck, that. You don't suck at fantasy football at all. I don't. Yeah, you're actually really good, Kyle. Thank you. Thank you. Kyle, you want to talk good. about it? I do want to talk about it because this was a matchup I was slightly concerned with coming into the week, you know. 
I, I was going up against I'm him, John Luca, the, the number two team in the power rankings coming into the week. Um, we've said it multiple times that his team is a wagon and that it should be something that should people should fear when they play them this week. But you should also fear DJ is faster than Lamar. Um, because I can quite confidently say that my team still didn't perform as best as we probably could have and people would expect, um, especially out of everyone outside of my running backs and quarterback and tight end. So honestly, just my wide receivers and defense and kicker at that point. But anyway, and we still put up the second most points of, of the week. Um, Josh really carried us 32.36 points. Uh, Saquon and Dalvin both putting up, you know, close to 15. Mark Andrews, our big tight end acquisition a few weeks ago, 16.6. Um, you know, they were able to help me beat Luca 97.26 to 79.9. And I think Luca's starting to fall off the wagon a little bit. I was going to say, is it time to like, are, are we, are we like, you know how it's, it's like break glass. If, if you need to like pull the fire alarms, like break the glass, is yeah. it, are we like getting out the hammer to break the glass? Like, are we, I'm not there yet. Here's, but... here's where I stand with it. And, you know, I have no ground to criticize or, you know, say ill of any fantasy football team. Luca's team in my power rankings of the SJU FFL are being removed of their wagon title. Wow. wow. And I think of them as more of a, I guess a cart is the smaller version of a wagon. Okay. He's a he's in the cart tier now. Is it metal? And what is it metal or wooden? Like, is it a metal cart that you go like at the supermarket, or is it like a wooden cart, like just a smaller version of a wagon? I'm thinking a wooden cart. You know, like instead mm. of having like the the four like a wheels. Rickshaw. Yeah, something like that. See, that feels you know, less sturdy to me. That than feels a lot wagon. less sturdy. <laughs> well, because I I'm gonna get to that now. Okay. Luca's team early on was carried by Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson looked incredible in the first three weeks. And not that he's looked bad, especially someone who owns Russell Wilson. I would like to have Lamar Jackson. But going from 26, 48, 47, and then following up that with 15, 16, 18, you know, those 130-point weeks were due to those, you know, almost 50-point performances. And so you're getting the same production out of everybody else, just not Lamar. Which is a concern. The Ravens' offense overall looks a little bit slower than it did early on. You know, they're starting to try and incorporate a little bit more running backs now that they're getting healthy. Um, J.K. Dobbins is getting healthy. I know he didn't get a ton of share. Um, Kenyon Drake looked actually really good, surprisingly. So there's a lot to consider. I'm worried about Lamar Jackson and his production moving forward. Yeah, you know, coming into the season, you really thought he'd be having one of these all-time great, you know, contract years because he's going to be a free agent after this year. Um, in the first two weeks, you could have argued that it was happening. Um, but yeah, over the last, you know, four weeks, he just hasn't looked the same. Uh, maybe the signing of Deshaun Jackson will be able to help him. Uh, breaking news, Raven signed Deshaun Jackson, 35-year-old wide receiver. I did see that. Wow. Yes. So maybe that'll help. Um yeah, no, but it also doesn't. It also doesn't help when you trade for you know a star running back like James Robinson who only puts up five point five points in his team debut. I was going to say uh, this is his, James Robinson's third straight week now of single digit points. Also something to watch for. Something to watch for. It doesn't help when you have a one point two point tight end in Will Disley, who has already been dropped from 
the I'm him roster. It doesn't help when your team MVP, Tony Pollard, puts up only 5.2 points. I will say, since we're, we're harping on Luka's running backs a little bit, the one thing that's making me feel a little bit better about Luka's team, like that I think he ultimately will write the ship, it's just a two-week blip, is we are, I think, forgetting that if you look at his bench, Keenan Allen has not played since week one. He's coming back. DeAndre Swift has not played since, I think, week three and really hasn't gotten the lion's share of carries because he was battling injuries really since week two. And, I mean, in week one and what he played week two, he was he looked like a top three, top five running back in the NFL. Now, I don't know if he'll continue that way because Jamal Williams certainly does take a lot of shares from him and touchdowns away from him, but he's a must start when he's healthy. So I do think... Well, yeah, James Robinson's been inconsistent. I don't think he'll be starting much longer. Um, or one of either him you or Tony Pollard. You think Tony Pollard will be in the flex? Or you think Tony Pollard will be in the flex and not James Robinson? One of – I'm not going to speak for him, but one of Tony Pollard and James Robinson will be out of the lineup likely, and that will be DeAndre Swift because by all accounts he is healthy now. And Keenan Allen has to come back eventually. Like I feel like the last three weeks it's been like, yeah, this is the week he comes back. I think this is the week he comes back as a Justin Herbert owner. I hope this is the week he comes back. Um, so I do think there's a lot of points that are going like that Luca will regain um, when those guys get healthy, but certainly Lamar is worrisome. Um, yeah. And will Disley, maybe not it in the uh, tight end spot. There's not a lot of options out there. He was crafting it. But when you get past, yeah, when you get past the first couple, there's really not much. Not much. You're just taking a crapshoot and hope you get a touchdown. But um, good job, Kyle. Um, Thank you, Saquon. Are we ready to be awesome? Are yes. we ready to deem Kyle's team a wagon? Oh, absolutely. Oh, was I not? I last we were there already. On, I, 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 I don't think I included you in wagon tier. I thought it was always Julie and. Oh, it was just assumed. I was. Yeah, I thought it was assumed. I just feel like we never formally said it. That's why I was. Oh, Let's enough. formally say it then, Sam. So the wagon tier is Julie. We said Jim was a borderline wagon. I'm assuming he fell off of that this week. I would After say. After a 60-point 60, 60 yeah. performance. So, is the, so in my perspective, the only two wagon teams we have are you and Julie. Yeah. I'll take it. I'll take it. That's good company to be Congratulations. in. Congratulations. Like All right. Speaking of Julie's team. Let's, she, <laughs> let's yeah. absolutely do this. Fuck. David, do you want to go through this? Do you want one of us to do it? How do you want to talk about this here? I'm going to run through it. Acceptance. I'm going to run through it really, really quick because I don't want to talk about it anymore. Um, yeah, positives as the as good ankles owner. Let, all right, I lost 89 to 75.5. Um, Julie, who I know often complains about the way I view her team on Hawk Hill Focus, gets her day in the sun. I'm really happy for her. Um, genuinely, I mean it. That's the last time I'm going to say anything positive about the Oz Broncos. Um, Ken Walker was really good. That makes me really happy because I've been struggling to get running back production all year. Um, and Deion Jackson, if I had won, would have been hands down pickup of the week. Um, unfortunately, he probably won't do that again because Jonathan Taylor, it looks like he will probably play this week. Um, and there goes his carries. Um, yeah. If I'd started Marcus Mariota, I would have won. Marcus Mariota put up 28 points on my bench. I needed, I believe it was I needed Justin Herbert to outscore Austin Eckler by seven going into Monday Night Football. 
And Justin Herbert threw the most passes in NFL history in a winning effort without throwing a touchdown. Threw for 238 yards and a pick. 8.4 points. Austin Eckler had a first quarter touchdown. So it was pretty much sealed at that point. Um, yeah. Uh, frustrating because Marcus Mariota would have won the game throwing 14 passes. Marcus Mariota had 28 points throwing 14 passes. He went 13 really, for 14. Did he really only throw that? Yep. Talk about efficiency. He also had 50 yards rushing and a touchdown. So yeah, that really I mean, that, That's why he put up the points. Okay. But, Got it. But um, I, I honestly might just drop Marcus Mariota because I don't want to have to be responsible for having that happen. I think that happened to me last year. The same thing happened. I had a quarterback on my bench. I think it was Daniel Jones. It was. And I just decided to drop him because I couldn't handle having that controversy anymore. Yeah. You know what they what say I... having two good quarterbacks is like having none, is like having no good quarterbacks. Exactly. Um, David, the only point that I want to make fun of you for on this on your team is Please. you had to start Darius Slayton. I bet that didn't hurt or that didn't uh, feel good. It didn't feel good, but I also can't look anywhere else on my team and say, oh, well, if I started that guy because nobody else did anything. There had to have been somebody better on waivers than Darius Slayton. Uh, I mean, probably. But Probably, look, I mean, we, like, all, we all make hindsight. we all make poor decisions off the waiver wire. Like it happens. You pick up a guy. I was say, as it, you know, you work with what you got. I don't. I don't blame you. But I just thought that was a a funny start. I was um, thinking. I was thinking Darius Slayton. Baltimore's defense stinks. I was thinking he might get deep. He he almost had a touchdown catch. Kyle and I almost saw it, but we did. But he did not catch it. I still would have lost. Good job, Julie. Yeah, Julie didn't have wide receiver issues this week. Her wide receivers balled out. No, she had no wide receiver issues. No, okay, if you consider DJ Moore a wide receiver, that's an issue, but and eh, that's fair enough. I, I, In I, her wide fine. receiver position, yes. Yes. she had no issues. No, overall, Julie's team continues to be strong. Um, talking about someone that does have two good quarterbacks, yeah. Trevor Lawrence actually outscored Jalen Hurts on her bench, so bench overall, I mean, her team is just good. Her she keeps. You know, she's four and two. They're on the right track. I really, I feel like a broken record, but like, good. Juju had 17 on the bench. I mean, There's... she had more, both her backup quarterback and her first bench wide receiver scored more points than any quarterback or wide receiver on my roster this week. Julie, let's talk about trading. I think mine too. <laughs> good luck. Yeah, that's not going to happen. No, good job, Julie. I'm, I'm, I'm honored to share this wagon tier with you. And, uh, Whenever we play each other, we'll make sure we make it a good matchup. I believe it's week nine or ten. So be on be on the lookout for future. Uh, who do we want to go to next? Let's talk about the first team to formally announce selling in the Gotham Roads. Let's do it. And winning. Yes, and well, that was the point I was going to get to. Thank you for spoiling it, Kyle. My bad. They won. They put up 90 points, a strong win. It's not, you know, like a me and Jim win. But a 90-point victory, Jimmy G puts up 20.94. Sean sort of should have sold CEH a couple of weeks back. So that stinks because now you're a seller and you're not going to get – you're going to get a penny on the dollar for what you could have gotten. You could probably say the same thing about Melvin Gordon. Wow, those running backs are really bad. Uh, Gabe Davis had a couple of big plays. Chris Godwin put up 9.5 points. He's finally looking healthy. I think Kyle Pitts was – did he find the end zone? He did. Yep. He did. His first – Touchdown on U.S. soil, as he had a couple it's, last year in the London game. Good for Kyle Pitts. 
I'm I'm glad he was able to bring it home to the U.S. <laughs> yeah, no. Overall, I think Sean's team for being a seller had a pretty good week, and there's a lot of good pieces minus those running backs. Uh, obviously, Jonathan Taylor's still on his IR spot, but taking a turn for Nick. Nick picked up a strike this week as he had both James Conner and Chris Olave not play. That doesn't really create a great recipe for success when the other team scored 90 points. Not that he had many options, I guess, on the bench anyway. But yeah, but he, but yeah, but he, he could have picked some people up off waiver wire. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, he had Joe Burrow go off for 38 and a half points. So that's something cool to look at. Brian Robinson was able to finally break a starting lineup too after that great comeback story, get him 12 points. But other than that, yeah, Nick's, Nick's, Nick's scoring is abysmal to uh to look at. Um, Sam, I did have one quick question for you going back to Sean. Uh, is Clyde Edwards Elair a lemon once again? I was wondering the same thing. That's a good question. I haven't really delved too deep into the numbers here, taking a look. He had nine carries, 33 yards. That's Pretty, uh, pretty much, I guess, what I usually expect out of him. It does not, I know, it does have passing stats as well. It's, they're all zeros. That's why I didn't think they were stats. Um, zero reception, zero yards, 3.3 points. It's the second straight week under five points. Second straight week under four points, you want to get specific. I'm not entirely out on him yet. The, I feel like there's a lot of still life after Tyreek Hill that the Chiefs are kind of figuring out and testing. So it's not entirely you know, lemon status again, but it seems much more, at least it's coming back to planet Earth. We knew he wasn't going to be like a world beating RB one where, you know, in his first four weeks, he had two 20 point performances and the other two were 9.9 and 12 points a piece. So not quite lemon, but at least turning back down to what I expect. All right. Fair enough. And Sean traded um... him a while ago. Hey, you try to warn him. Uh, Speaking of someone that should get sold, Rob Dunning, Rogers, Aaron Rodgers put up 13.84 points, so we're going to talk about his matchup because that's the only transition that I could think of. But he got the win, despite his quarterback who's been underperforming. Welcome to the club, Rob. Um, puts up 100.48 points over Matt Cress and the Nerd Squad, a total of 87.18 points on their effort. Nothing really jumps off the page to me looking at these box scores other than Tyreek Hill has proven this season that he is quarterback proof with the revolving door of quarterbacks and still being a fantasy star. I think a lot of us passed up on him and we look a little silly for it. Yeah, yeah. I'm finally happy to see Rob's roster uh, finally start popping off. You know, we, we've been saying this for years that he's one of those teams that always has good roster on paper, but just can't ever find it together. Um, not that 100.48 points is like outstanding or anything. That should probably be about the you know third or fourth highest score in a week. It just so happens to be the top one this week. Um, but you know that that's that's a sign of good things to come. I think um, you know Aaron Rodgers does need to step it up a little bit. 13.84 points out of them uh, shouldn't always get you a win. Um, but you know hopefully this team can just start firing on all cylinders soon. Yeah, um, like like you said, I'm happy for Rob. I'm I'm you know I, I always like Rob's rosters, and even if you look at his bench, he's got like eleven and a half points from Adam Thielen, 
you know, 10 points from Nicole Hardman. Like he, he had, he's clearly got options that can score him points and Cam Akers being out. It's great for Daryl Henderson, which, you know, will certainly help Rob and, and Devin Singletary has been good. So I, I think Rob, I don't know if Rob's going to, you know, win the championship, but I, I think Rob's at least going to compete down the stretch, which is really nice for Rob. Um, as far as Cress is concerned, yeah, I don't know. I, I I think the problem is I think Cress is just way too heavily invested in the Green Bay backfield with Aaron yeah. Jones and A.J. Dillon. It's kind of killing him. Like the handcuff is quite literally handcuffing him. Um, so Kyler Murray like kind of stinks. It was, um, it, it was a Call of Duty double XP weekend. That has a lot to do and with all it. All quarterbacks sure. kind of stink right now. That's true. Minus like Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, baby. It looks like Lamar Jackson. I can't even say that anymore. Like the point the is, this year are just so down. The good news for Crest though is that two is like I think two is already in line to start this Sunday. So I, I'll, I'm in, interested to see what Crest decides to do. But at least he has the option to bring Tua back. Um, if is it going to make a difference? I don't know. Um, we. Cress is now on the point where he just needs some typical Matt Cress magic of just like pulling some shit out of his ass off the waiver wire and just making it work and winning games by scoring like 96 points that like he has no business scoring 96 points in and he'll win like eight games and make the playoffs. That's what he needs at this point, but I'm not confident in it. Um, I just don't think Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon are getting it done. Joe Mixon's not been great this year. Or the Bengals offense looked good this past Sunday. So maybe they're turning a corner. But yeah, not impressed. Good job, Rob. Is Rob the only team to score 100 points this week? I think he is. He is, yes. Yeah. So yeah, barely job, got Rob. Running. Shout out Rob. And he's getting nothing from his quarterback. So if he actually got production from his quarterback, he would be consistently, I think, scoring in the tops of our league. Can I ask one more question before we move on from Crash's team? Yeah. Do we think when Deshaun Watson's 11-game suspension is served, do you think Crash's team will still be competitive? Is it worth him rostering Deshaun Watson still? Or do you think at this point it's throw in the towel or only use him as a keeper at that point? I think you've got him as a keeper option regardless. So I, I, I think you got Do we think that when he comes back this year, it's really Does he move the difference. needle for them, for him? Yeah. Hmm. Like, given think, how good Tua was, I mean, now we replace him with Kyler, and his team is still two and four. It's not like he's had, like, terrible quarterback play. Keep in mind, too, the way with how the Browns' schedule is set up, he's actually not going to come back till week 13. Text The Browns are on bye week 12. Right. So he's really not going to get him. I was going to say it really depends on how Cress is in, in the divisional race for him this year, because week 12 is when we go back to divisional matchups uh, for the stretch, the home stretch of the season. So it depends on how that is. That could turn the needle and get him into the playoffs that way. Um, you know, but then I just remembered the buy situation. So I don't think it'll make a difference for him. I think he's better off rolling with either Kyler or uh or Tua in that situation, depending on how the season is. Um for him. But yeah, this is this is concerning to see Matt this down in the dumps in fantasy football. I I I hope he's doing great in life though. I'm sure he is. I hope he listens to the podcast. I don't know if he does, to be honest with you. You know who does listen to this podcast, though? Rob, when he wins. So, hi, Rob. Oh, yeah. Hey, Rob. Hey, Rob. I'm glad to see you. Two, and because he got mad at us that we didn't mention it, uh, great new team name in Two Hills, yes. One Cup. 
Yes. Yes, absolutely. We did discuss that uh, off air. Yes. Um, no, what I was going to say is the person who listened to this podcast, he's been on the podcast a few times, uh, our reigning champion, Larry Rooney, really just, you know, slapped his D's nuts all over Philly's D's nuts. I scored 89.18 to 74. Um, okay. I, I really couldn't think of a better transition, honestly. Um, Brees Hall looked good, 18.1 points. That's definitely going to be one of those you know, keeper options for him, I would have to think, coming into next year. Uh, Jamar Chase came back, finally, with 25.2 point performance, uh, looking a little reminiscent of that championship. You know, Jamar Chase that we got, was that last year or two years ago? Yep, Sam? Last year. Okay, can't, okay. I knew Sam would remember. Um, yeah, Geno Smith, 12.68 points. Interested to see if he really could go off the rest of the season. Um and Philly's these nuts is just looking like Philly's these nuts. There's nothing going on there. Yeah. Hey, they beat me. They would have beat you again this week. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so, so when I was doing the power rankings this week, um, it very it concerns me that three of the bottom four teams are Sean, Matt, and Sam. Like I'm just not used to seeing that yet. Hopefully, it won't be for long. Um, getting back into this game real fast. Larry's team is on a pretty good trajectory. I know we, he talked about it in the interview, having D-Hop come back. So now you're going to slide out Curtis Samuel, who has struggled as much as now the Washington Commanders' entire offense has on like the turn of a, whatever that saying is, flip of a coin, turn of a hat. I don't know. They stink. And so does Curtis Samuel. So they now get D-Hop back on a – Week where he already scored 90 points, like you assume D hopped in with an automatic 10, given he's D hop. If he comes back and it's the same DeAndre Hopkins that we know and love. So we're looking at a pretty legitimately built Larry team. Like this roster is much better constructed than it was last year. Geno Smith is a little bit suspect at quarterback. He does have Derek Carr there as well. Um, Geno hasn't been terrible. You know, this is probably his worst week. At 12.68 points. I'm back checking that now. No, week two, he had six points. But other than that, he's been a 20 plus point performer. So, four out of the six weeks, that's among how bad quarterbacks have been pretty, you know, pretty good. Gill's team continues to struggle despite having Ramon Jerry Stevenson, who was a great acquisition. No one You're else there. No one else is really there. I mean, I think it's continued doom and gloom for the the Philly D's nuts team moving forward. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, go ahead, David. Thanks, Kyle. You're welcome. Um, I don't know what to say about Gil and, and his team. I mean, Ramondre Stevenson. Ramondre Stevenson is probably the best movie he's ever made in fantasy football. And he's made yes. – God knows he's made moves. I, I, and I can confirm to you that was a throw-in. <laughs> I he said I want Stevenson. I said sure. I I think Ramondre Stevenson is probably the best movie he's ever made, the best accus- acquisition he's ever had. Um, Not if, if you're looking for reasons for to be optimistic, <laughs> if you're looking for reasons to be optimistic for Gill, Stevenson looks good. Leonard Fournette's looked a lot better the last two weeks, um, so they seem to be getting him going. Um, 
you have to imagine JK is going to start getting more carries than whatever he got on Sunday. Um, I just, there's just not a lot there. Um, Chase Claypool had a good game, but that's not going to happen again. So Larry, um, good week. I agree with you, Sam. I think Larry's trajectory is going up. Um, I think he still has some weaknesses. Um, like if you look at his flex, if you look at tight end, I, th- I think there are still weaknesses there. But as a general whole, I think his team is really solid and is definitely better than it was when the season started. I've been saying it, it, it's going to be as far as Jamar Chase carries them. Like he won this week on the back of Jamar Chase. It's yeah. There's no one, in my opinion, there's no one else on this team who will, you know, be able to push him through to a win in close matchups. And really, up to this point, he didn't do it. So right. that's that's the question mark. Is what happens now as as they move forward? They have some really good matchups coming up. I'm looking at it right now: Atlanta, yeah. Cleveland, Carolina, Pittsburgh. Like these are teams that don't stop anybody. So. In theory, he's got good matchups coming up. You know who else is trending up all the time around the clock? Who's that? Our lovely sponsor of today's show. The good people over at Anchor. Would you like to hear from them? I think so. David, would you? Always. All right. Let's hear what they have to say. Thanks, Anchor Man. I am so happy that we partnered with Anchor to to do this show. Time to get into our week six awards. Um, I actually think they were fairly easy this week. You know, yeah, it wasn't too much jumping off the page. Uh, you know, we kind of just touched on it with our MVP, so I can talk on that. Um, it was Jamar Chase putting up twenty five plus points for Larry in a win. You know, again, I've been saying this all year. He, Larry's team is going to be carried by Jamar. They're only going to go as far as Jamar takes them. Um, you know, David brought up a great point. They have great matchups coming up, so maybe that'll lead to a few wins for Larry and we might see a little bit more of Jamar Chase as the MVP. Um, and I'd be excited to see that because I want to beat Larry again this season in the playoffs. Wow. So I'm wow. putting it out there. Putting it out there. Uh, so Jamar Chase, MVP of the week. Yeah, I have nothing to add. Jamar Chase was really good. Um, and for Larry's sake, he's going to have to continue being really good. All right, our pickup of the week. Anyone want to announce our pickup of the week? I don't want to announce it because this makes me fucking sick. <laughs> Sam, I guess that leaves you. Your pickup of the week is brought to you by yours truly. Sam Devick's organization picked up Evan Ingram to stream as a tight end with Darren Waller out on bye. He put up four points in our win, and I guess that was more than anyone else surprisingly looking up and down the waiver wire. So he is our league's, uh, I almost said fan tracks player, but we pick him a movie. I'm, I'm and, looking uh, at Evan Engram's picture in ESPN, and he just looks like the Joker from Batman to me. Yeah, he, he like shaved his head. I don't know what's yeah, going I don't on. like it. I don't like it. I wasn't expecting it. Yeah. So Evan Engram, the Joker, pickup of the week. Uh, I mean, David, it really doesn't matter here. You're going to have to announce one of our next awards and you're not going to like it either way. And they, yeah, and they also go hand in hand. So I'm just going to so, do I'm going to do them yeah. together. That makes sense. <clears throat> um, so Fantrax Player of the Week is going to be Justin Herbert, um, as alluded to earlier. Needed seven more points than Austin Eckler. Got me eight total. Um, did not do the job. Didn't throw a touchdown. 54 passes thrown. Not a single touchdown. He did throw a pick, though, so that at least he got something on the stat sheet. Um, really, really bad game from a really, really good quarterback. 
It happens. I believe in Justin Herbert. I believe him, believed in him for two years now. Everything will be fine. Keenan Allen coming back should help him. Therefore, the bench regret is going to be Marcus Mariota, who is on my bench, put up 28 points, would have won me the game pretty easily. I can't be that mad at myself because I don't know who in their right mind would start Marcus Mariota over Justin Herbert. But again, the fact that he's there sitting on the bench, just looking at me with his stupid Hawaiian face makes me sad. And I, I should have started him, but why would I have done that? We have anyone listening in in uh, the great state of Hawaii. We, you know, we all love you. David yeah, Chisola. no, that was that. Yeah, no, that was that was passion. Sorry. 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 I understand. I understand. Yeah. Um, Sorry, anchor. Congratulations, Jamar, Evan, Justin, Marcus on your awards this week. Uh, and to your owners, Larry, Sam and David. Good, good job, everyone. I think that'll do it for week six recap. Any uh, any parting thoughts that the boys want to give to the audience? I have nothing for me. I think, uh, yeah, we're happy to get back in the win column, and I'm hoping to stay there. We'll find out uh, in our preview that we publish tomorrow. I have a uh, I have a hot take coming um, for tomorrow's episode, so uh, make sure Ooh. you stay tuned for the hot take. Oh, way to leave us the cliffhanger. Thank you all for listening to this week's episode. Today's episode, we have two episodes a week of Hawkeye Focus. Um, we'll be back tomorrow. We'll have a special segment of trivia for everyone. So you guys can play along at home. We'll explain how that works. Then we'll get to listen to David's hot take as we give our week seven pickums. All right, let me take this drink of water and get ready for, the, for my song. <clears throat> glory, glory, what a hell of a way to fly. Glory, glory, what a hell of a way to fly. Glory, glory, what a hell of a way to fly. The hawk will never die.